I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What, what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golick. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Jesse Cofield holding it down for us in the Boston DraftKings studios. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 50% in your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Got a great show for you guys today. As always, download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating and check us out live here, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on the DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, and all the other fine places you find our show. Dad, Lomas Brown. Yeah. I can say your, your area my here era. Detroit Lions. Yeah. Great as we talk about. The prospect of the Lions being potentially the best team in the NFC, one of the best teams in football, how we stratify that. Plus, uh, you know, is everybody rooting for them? If you don't have a – and that's the you know, the thing is everybody has a rooting interest. But if your team isn't there, are you rooting for Detroit? I mean, they're, they're the fun, lovable team, aren't they? I mean, Dan Campbell has grabbed the heart of the nation with his, you know, biting the kneecaps. I and- wonder if they're still at that point. Coming off hard knocks, I'd agree, and people are a lot more lovable when they're not good. 
Like I think the national, <laughs> I think yeah. people love you only so much, but don't want you to see you succeed all that much in general in this society. And so I do wonder if now that they are the hunted and Dan Campbell yeah. said, if you're hunting us, you ain't going to have to go far. We're going to be right in your doorstep, holding a knife or whatever he said. He said. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do wonder if now that changes the tenor of, oh, they're good. Like I remember years ago at the all-star game, LeBron James, there was that video of him gassing up Steph Curry, hyping him up. He had to give my man three hezzies like that. How are you going to do my man like that? And then all of a sudden, years later, when he's the back-to-back MVP and he's the finals MVP or going to the NBA finals, it was a lot less cute for LeBron when your you know, guy all of a sudden is staring you eye to eye. I do wonder if that's the same for the Lions so- now. They have a little bit of room, though, because you wonder, do they need to achieve something first, right? Like actually make it a playoffs and maybe win a game before we get to that point. I mean, right now they have, you know, one of the best records in football, as well as as four others sitting at five and one. But they still haven't achieved anything. They're still, you know, the lovable lions. You know, you root for them. You know, the little engine that could. I agree with you. Once you get closer to the mountaintop, they want to knock you down. But they're still climbing because I'm sure there's a lot of people said, oh, they're going to blow it somehow, some way. But right now they're still climbing. And 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 quite honestly, it's a fun watch. It, I enjoy their team. I love what the coaching staff is. I love what Dan Campbell is. I love the fact that, as we've talked about, we've got Jared Goff with a little edge to him now. Yeah, we do. All these different things. I'll still be curious if that translates to an everybody else thing. But let's get to an actual yeah. polarizing yeah. team here. We had uh, Monday Night Football last night. You were on the call with Kevin Harlan for Westwood One. We were over there at SoFi Stadium, very confused by who the fans were cheering for at any given point of the night. And the Dallas Cowboys get what was a clunky win. Dad, first and foremost, oh this was a gross football game to try and take in because of all the flags. 20 penalties total in this game, and honestly, it felt like more. Oh, It really did. The, the game interruption, I mean, as Kevin Harlan has such a great voice, oh, it's incredible. is making a call. I'm listening to him make the call knowing full well it's coming back or something else is going to happen because flags are... And I mean, of the 20 penalties, I swear to you, on 15 of them, multiple flags were getting thrown out. It oh, was yeah. it was incredible uh, how that was going on. But so it was a sloppy game for an offense, especially you know uh, uh, one of the better offenses in the, with the Chargers. And and they they just seem to be an underachieving team, right? With the talent they supposedly have, they just can't seem to get through on the other side. Give Dallas credit. I talked about it before the game is what was Dallas looking to achieve? And I thought so much of it was the fact of how bad they got beat by San Francisco. And all of a sudden, everybody was dropping them down and not saying it was San Francisco, it was Philly, then maybe Detroit, and then Dallas was dropping down because of the way they lost that game, that they wanted to come out and prove a point, and especially on the defensive side of the ball. What a matchup. Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore, who left the Cowboys, left the Cowboys, was asked to leave the Cowboys and ends up over at the Chargers. So those two know each other incredibly well. And the chess match going on with those two was fun to watch. Yep. You had all of the familiarity in this game from both sides. You saw Kellen Moore down there before the game talking to a lot of yep. the guys that he knew, Dak Prescott and the former Cowboys. Kellen Moore, now the subject of one of the better reaction memes in the NFL after throwing his hands yep. up in disgust yep. late in that game. When, uh, Dad, I think, we can ask a couple of questions about the Chargers in a second because I think we saw the worst version of Justin Herbert we've seen in quite some yeah, we time did. in that game. And we know he came in with the injury to the finger on his non-throwing right, hand. Right. We saw that gloved up during the game. But 
Last I checked after some feverish Google searching, I don't know if an injury to your non-throwing hand necessarily no. causes the accuracy issues that we saw with Justin Herbert last night, especially on some deep passes. But for the Cowboys on the other side, there had been a lot of questions coming into this game about Mike McCarthy, about his play calling and the effect that it had on this offense. Dad, you guys talked a lot about going into this game, the difference in this offense from year to year from Kellen Moore last year to Mike McCarthy this year about how it had been less explosive, less productive in areas like the red zone. What changed for them last night as far as why we not only saw maybe the best of Dak Prescott in a while, but also C.D. Lamb well, show up to the party and a bunch of other things? I, I think C.D. Lamb was a big point. Uh, C.D. Lamb, you know, they got blown out by San Francisco, so that's a game they had to kind of tear up the game plan and go to passing. He had five targets, you know, in four receptions. Yeah. He's had less than five receptions in four of the five games coming into the game last night. So it's like, wait a minute, this guy had a monster year last year mm -hmm. and he's not getting used a lot. And it's not like the running game was tearing it up, you know, which just which just Pollard in the backfield yeah. when they after they, they lost Zeke uh to the Patriots or didn't renew Zeke, uh let him go. So I think getting CeeDee Lamb, he had seven targets. Now, it's not to say he had 14 targets and 12 catches. Right. But still, seven targets, seven receptions, 113 yards or 117 yards, something like that. So he had a monster night. He was eating up the middle of the field. We talked to him after the game, and he said, hey, when they wanted to go man, you know, I, I'm, I'm better than anybody. I put bet on me in man coverage. That's the way I look at it. And Dak, while still... A little inconsistent. He made some beautiful throws. When he's on and makes some nice throws, he's really on nicely, as we'll talk about Herbert being off high and behind receivers. But that, to me, was a big difference in that offense, getting C.D. Lamb involved. Again, the running game wasn't great. I think Dak might have been the leading rusher uh, in, in the game. He had a great Great touchdown run of 18 yards where he held the ball on a beautiful fake to the tailback. Everybody came crashing down, and he pulled it and ran for 18 yards. So execution is always a big thing, and that's something that struggled with that offense was execution and continuity. I still think they should be a better running team. You have one of the best old lines in football. I know it's getting aged in a, in a couple of spots there, but I, I still think and wonder why they're not running the ball better than they have been. I I do think to that end, the difference in this game was Dak Prescott, what he was able to do with his legs. And that's the biggest question I have going forward is, is this the version of Dak Prescott that we're going to get more often now? Because we talked a lot about what Mike McCarthy's done since coming over. It's a much more stagnant system. It it's is what Aaron yes. Rodgers talked yep. about loving now that he got to New York, the old West Coast offense. We heard the Texas Coast or Texas Toast offense, whatever the hell they called this two, two uh, primetime games ago. But part of that is you're not getting as much help in the pre-snap in creating advantageous looks based on motion, based on shifts. And so that means you're going to have to block a tougher picture and a lot of times. And if personnel-wise, you're not going to be able to go out there and dig guys out, then part of that has to be maybe the quarterback's a little bit involved in the run game. It's not like it was a down-in, down-out zone read for them during that night. But you look at Dak Prescott. He had 18 rushing touchdowns in his first three years. He's got nine rushing touchdowns in his last five years. He had 45 yards rushing in the first five games of the season and 33 at halftime last night. So it was a decidedly different Dak Prescott. 
not only there, but dad moving around in the pocket. I thought most of their biggest passing plays, you look late in the game, the big jump off to Tony Pollard that right. ended up getting them in scoring position to ultimately take the lead was because Dak Prescott was able to buy time. And I thought that version of Dak, who looked much younger for a guy that had been a little bit more fleet of foot at the beginning, that was a big part of the sell for him at Mississippi State, less and less so lately, turned back the clock a bit last night. I just wonder how sustainable that is well, because to this point, this is not a version of Dak we've seen often. And oh, by the way, this Charger defense is not very good. No. So and, and and so that play Mike's talking about, Dak escaped the pocket, dumps off to Pollard, who then was getting tackled but just got spun around, kept his feet and ran for 61 yards. That was the first 60 yards. That was the first play of the fourth quarter. In the third quarter, Dallas had negative three yards and no first downs. Yeah. That's what I mean. Just no consistency. That Chargers back end had done a good job really corralling had. those guys. And, oh, by the way, they, the Chargers had four sacks. The Cowboys had given up 10 sacks total coming into this game. Chargers had four yeah. last night. Morgan Fox, the D lineman, had two of them. Khalil Mack had one early, and then they had got another one. But I agree with you. It was Dak making things happen, getting out of the pocket, scrambling. C.D. Lamb doing a nice job of following Brandon Cooks had a big game. Brandon Cooks, who we has, finally had a Brandon Cooks side. I mean, how about this guy? He has tied a record with Eric Dickerson for most traded players. He's been traded four times. He's been with five teams, and he's caught a at least one touchdown pass with all five teams now. It's been amazing the career he's had, but they did a really nice job when the quarterback scrambled to get open. But still, going forward, I don't know where to put these guys. This was a ch bad Chargers defense. They only put up 20 in this game. They're averaging about 26. I thought they would score more. Hell, I thought the Chargers would score more, but they were going against a much better defense that I'm telling you was ticked off coming into this game, having, you know, lost 40, you know, given up 42 to San Francisco the week before. So I figured they were going to come out hot and they didn't even have the normal Micah Parsons, who who just seemed off this game, had a big sack coming to the end of the game, but looked like something was bugging him during the game. Yeah. Now that might be true in terms of overall production, but you look, they still lived in the 49ers they backfield, did. Yes, the 49 they did. NFL yeah. research. Despite only one sack, the Cowboys' pressure rate on Justin Herbert was 47.6%. That was the highest versus Justin Herbert this season. So they got in the backfield. They were able to affect and bother Justin Herbert. But to your point, Dad, you don't walk out of the game feeling overly good about anybody involved. Maybe sans that Cowboys defense that certainly had its bite back. We also had the incidents at the end of the first half with Mike McCarthy and another clock management spot. Didn't this understand Mike that. McCarthy after the game when he talked about not calling the timeout, why he did that. You know, I think we're right at eight. So seven, eight, somewhere in there, and and um, you know we just decided to play it, play it safe instead. You know the other call would have been ozone. We you know you throw the ball into the end zone, and and, get, and give us a shot there. So I just felt the way the game was going. I think we had a holding penalty earlier on the series. You know, so I just wanted to make sure we got the points getting out of there. Dad, just a bizarre sequence of events there that left a lot of people scratching their heads. You thought they had called the timeout with eight seconds right, left. Right. They had another timeout in their pocket. Take a shot. You figured yeah. something with a veteran quarterback who you've paid a bunch of money to, who you trust a whole lot, and instead we're all there inexplic inexplicably seeing three seconds put on the clock so they can kick the field goal to end the half. Just absolutely bizarre. Yeah, uh, again, I think the word for the Cowboys right now is going to be is consistency. Can they be consistently good? Because we've had them up there. The, all the prognosticators, including us, 
had them in the top three coming into the season in the NFC, right? Philly, yeah. oh, that, Philly, San Fran, whatever order you want. And I think they were in the top three in the NFL, top five yeah. at least for yeah. a lot of people. And that's why we're so confused because this team talent-wise was supposed to be far past where we've seen them production-wise. They have, and no running game. Yeah, yeah, Pollard averaged two yards a carry, and, and quite honestly, neither did the Chargers. Eckler was back for the first time in three games. He averaged under two yards per carry, so the rushing was awful. Uh, in this game and Herbert quite honestly he was he was just off I mean he had wide over there was a there was an out and up route with a Keenan Allen ran that was going to be a touchdown and he overthrew him he had a couple of overthrows high throws behind throws it was surprising and again the fractured finger was on his left hand so I can't believe that had anything to do with it at all certainly give Dallas credit I mean Dan Quinn is aggressive not not from a blitzing standpoint so much as he'll play man they play man more than anybody in the league they run dime more than anybody in the league Deron Bland had a had a had an excellent game for them a great breakup on fourth and one in the end zone a nice breakup later in the game to to end a drive as well Stefan Gilmore gets to pick that seals the game so that defense is is as as good as they get but I'll say it again with consistency. They didn't have it against San Francisco. They had it a little bit better here going against, you know, what we think is a pretty good offense is the top five offense from a yardage standpoint uh, with the chargers. But uh, you know, also real quick, let's give it up to Brandon Aubrey, the kicker for the, for the Cowboys. He's a Notre Dame guy. He never played football at Notre Dame. He played soccer. Then he played with the Birmingham stallions in the USFL, won a couple of titles there. Footy. So his first year, kicking in the NFL. He's 16 of 16 on field goals. There's only misses one PAT. He made two last night. The record to start out a career is Travis Coons from Cleveland in 2015 made his first 18 field goals. So he's two away. He's already one of the six kickers that are at least 16 field goals to start your career. He's two away from tying, you know, the all time. I mean, Notre Dame should feel pretty comfortable in Southern California right now. As oh, he was going out here and get the kicks off yesterday. Well so done. congratulations well yeah. to that young man. Dad, I think from here, the Chargers look like a team that are going to have some larger picture questions asked about them at the current juncture they sit at right now. After last night, two and three on the season, ugly losses, you know, the Dolphins, Looking back on that one, a two-point loss to the Dolphins, given what their offense is this year, seems pretty incredible. But losing to the Titans after that, and now the way you lost to the Cowboys here, where a guy that's supposed to be your strength, I'm willing to write off a little bit because this was an atypically bad game from Justin Herbert. Yeah. But we know, especially in the AFC rest, the road doesn't get a ton easier for them. So look look at their wins, right? And first, the loss to the Titans, really good defense, right? Yeah. They beat the Vikings, not a great defense. They beat the Raiders, not a great defense. Had a bye. Played the Cowboys with a good defense, they lost. Now they have the Chiefs, top 10 defense. Then they play the Bears, and you know, we'll see what goes on there. Then they play the Jets, one of the top defenses. Then they play the Lions, one of the top defenses. So they've been struggling against better defenses. So the road doesn't get a whole lot easier there. And you had both teams kind of vying for that stay within one of the division leader, right? Yeah. Uh, Kansas City being in the West and AFC West and obviously Philly in the AFC East. And it was Dallas who stayed within one of them. And now uh, uh, Chargers dropped two back from them. Based off the game we saw last night, where do you put Dallas in the NFC hierarchy? I mean, obviously, San Fran, Philly. I think you gotta gotta give Detroit to it as well. So I I'd probably put them fourth. I was. I I think the question is more looking at them now. How much is the distance? Because I think they're firmly at four still yeah. right now. But what the distance starts to look like between a team like the Seattle Seahawks 
and them as we go forward because I think once you get past that group of five, you start to see a little bit of a gap and a little bit yeah, of distance I agree. in that conference. At Gojo and Golik on Twitter is where you can get at us all day. Coming up next, let's go back to college and figure out how high this Washington Huskies team can climb next. I want to talk about Jägermeister. Dad, what do you know about Jägermeister? I mean, well, really, all I know, it's got a really awesome stag logo. What what else do I need to know about Jägermeister? Well, uh, you should know that you've been drinking it all wrong this entire time. Damn, that's cold. There's a right and wrong way to drink it? Yes, there is, Dad. You should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit, to be exact. Huh? Well, you know what? That explains a lot. I've just been pulling it straight off the shelf. Oh, Dad, I'm so glad I got to you in time. No, that is entirely wrong. The only way to serve Jägermeister is ice cold. So wherever you're at, if you're hanging out with friends or you're at the bar or you're helping your dear sweet father try and get right, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Jesse Cofield with us in the Boston studios for DraftKings. Our apologies. Had a little technical difficulties mm-hmm. there. Had to sort it out here. A lot of uh, wires. And this, listen, there's a lot of tech support that I am not qualified to do going on Here, inside my 900 square foot apartment. Here's what's a little demeaning is, oh, here we go. You know, we got a lot of stuff here, and and the 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 people in Boston are trying to tell us what to do. And I'm reaching, and you're like, don't touch anything. I'm not a feeble old man. I've been in this business longer than you have, young right. man. Okay, so this is this is what happens is. 90% of the time, my dad acts like anytime something comes up technologically, he can't do anything with it. And I got to log in his password and I got to do all this. But then all of a sudden it's hitting the fan and now you want to be Superman so the, here. The difference, now you want to puff the, out your technological chest here. The diff- I've got this. I'm I'm like this. I'm Himothy. The, the difference is just like at home when I have your mother telling me step by step what to do, I can do it. We had these great guys in our ears telling us step by step what to try i can follow directions mike okay you don't i, I i'm you don't I'm, have to just take care of me yet i i feel like okay? in this one particular instance in this particular I setting follow directions i am not that old yet i mean literally he was like a parent to a three-year-old and like i was going to touch the stove that was on don't touch that. That's the first line. The I, I, I reached for this board where, the, where they wanted us to disconnect something. I'm like, don't touch that. I thought you were going to slap my hand. I was going to. And then I thought you were going to spank me. I'm like, well, what the hell is going on I mean, here? listen, you started off this morning on a really negative note coming out with baseless accusations that I stole. You're, after you complained yesterday about not having any bars around or anything for you to eat in the morning, you went and you stole a bunch last night from SoFi when we were I there. I didn't stole it. It's there. It's offered. Home. It's offered you to gift. It I'm taking home. it with me. And then immediately, first rattle out of the box this morning, we wake up and dad walks out, walks into the kitchen, goes, you took one of my bars, didn't Thought you? you? Did. Thought you, you did. You took one of my bars, it, didn't it, you? It, Where'd you find your little bar? It was in my bag. It, out oh, of, out it was of, in your bag. Out of the realm of possibility oh. that you would steal one of my bars? Yes. A guy, a guy, by the way, who was nice enough to give me his bed, yet has a wonderfully comfortable chair here, and I have this crappy seat. So for you, it was, 
either the bed or the chair. Your your old man couldn't get an and. I couldn't get the bed and the good chair. Well, I mean, I have a bad back. You don't. You got bad knees, bad shoulder, but I have a bad back, and Whatever. so I need the lumbar support. Whatever. I'm sorry. I won't touch anything in your house anymore. I'm sorry. You touch everything in my house. Stare near the house. Don't touch anything. You, you know what? You hurt my feelings. I'm a little tell. sad right now. I can tell you are. I'm a little, a little bothered by this. Bothered. The man who's talked about uh, multiple occurrences, how complicated looking the switchboard is and how much. Well, it is, but I can I can follow a wire. At least I think I can. Until I, until I unplug the wrong thing. Sudden, you're looking down there and it's <laughs> becoming a little bit all, more daunting. All of a sudden, there's a black screen and we hear nothing. I, I'm like, uh-oh. My, big, my biggest fear in all of this. <laughs> by the way, my biggest joy in all of this, uh, going back to last night, we will get to a little college football coming up here again. Things have gotten a little bit haywire. Yeah, but I did appreciate this is a massive victory for our friend Pablo Torre over at Pablo Torre finds things out the great podcast a part of Meadowlark Media and a part of the DraftKings Network out of the New York studio does a great job investigating the subjects that people care about dad and that Monday night football game last night Troy Aikman made a reference to something that Pablo had done the journalistic work for on behalf of Pablo Torre finds out while he was hosting PTI, they interviewed Troy Aikman on PTI. Right. And Pablo asked him the question. And dad, I don't even know if you have seen this about Troy Aikman being referred to by many in a meme form as the white Jay-Z. I have, have you never ever heard that this? in my life. All right. I'm going to pull up this. Cause I know Jay-Z was there last night. Yes. Jay-Z and, and LeBron were at the game. And on the, on the TV broadcast, oh. they showed them on screen. Yep. And Troy said, you know, there's a lot of people on the internet that say that I look like the white Jay-Z. I, I do you kind of see it? No, I don't. You don't see it. Not really. No, no, no. I, I've never heard him call that. And I, I, I don't really see it. You, okay, wow. I'm a little bit stunned here. I feel yeah. like everyone is that it was a it is everywhere though. It, I, I'm it is, it is okay. a long existing meme. So people in the darkest corners of the internet have often said, Why does Troy Aikman look like the white Jay-Z? Pablo asked him about that. And Troy denied, I think, ever having heard of that, but kind of agreed that it might be true and brought it up on the broadcast last night, which felt like a big win for everybody who's downloaded, subscribed, that is, and reviewed. That is pretty Pablo cool. Tori yeah, finds out. They did show Jay-Z, they did show LeBron, and they showed somebody else. Who held up a sign that was pretty good. Oh, this, really, really a good job. This was pretty great. So yeah. Lance Bass, they did uh, a little bit during there on in sync on the Jumbotron right, in there right. in the stadium. And all of a sudden they pan to one of the uh, suites, the luxury yep. suites. And you see Lance Bass up there who all of a sudden holds up a, a sign that says not Taylor oh, Swift. It was awesome. Yeah. Talk about just playing right into it. It was a fantastic job. He understood yeah. the assignment. I Got never... a great cheer for it. He did a nice job with it. Yeah, no, yeah. it was uh, it was a, a beautiful moment there for people that may have been a little bummed they didn't have Taylor Swift there. We saw the Kelsey brothers both in attendance for the Philadelphia Phillies oh, game J Jason, last night. Jason just smoking beers in the suite there watching, yeah. It was a nice little change up there. You got a little guy's night out for the yeah. two of them, right? There you go. Long weekend, a little extra time because Travis was coming off playing Thursday night football. The Eagles had played yesterday, and so the boys went and watched Bryce Harper mash dingers on his birthday let me tell you what the, the philly we'll get into the baseball part of the phillies get the win Te texas still hasn't lost in the postseason as they're up 2-0 on houston like i said we'll we'll get into the baseball a little bit as well but yeah mashing dingers on your birthday is pretty impressive hey, cool. bryce harper always said you know the schedule hadn't worked out they right, always been right. eliminated before he had the chance to do this and did you see him on one of his homers rounding third he said kind of decided in his head as soon as he hit home plate blew out the candle yeah, for his birthday yeah, pretty impressive you know what preparation meets opportunity bryce harper was ready to <laughs> 
to go. Coming up next, we'll be much more prepared to talk a little bit of college football with you here on Gojo and Golic. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr. Jesse, hi. We had technical difficulties. We couldn't talk to you the whole beginning of the first show here. How are you? I can confirm that I am here in the studio. Um, have been here the whole time listening to you guys and really enjoying what I'm what I'm hearing. I like the bickering, too. I feel like it's time for Sr. to go home. I don't know if you guys can survive in the studio <laughs> together for much longer. So, so you're taking his side just because you're in his age bracket. You're taking his side. Is no, that what's going I'm on? just no. I'm not taking his side. I'm just saying someone has to go home, and Gojo's already home. Sure feels like she's taking your side, and you know we're just happy you stayed. I thought you were going to treat this like I'm not going to be used on the show and just leave. I tried. They locked me in the studio. I was like <laughs> pulling on the door, and they were like, "No, you have to stay." So here I am. Jesse brought up the t- the t- age old tradition of when your teacher in school didn't show up oh, at the, the beginning of class yeah. and every I don't know if I ever heard it confirmed that it was a set amount of time where if the teacher didn't show up you were legally allowed to leave but that was always the hot rumor rule. Jesse that yeah. floated around the classroom was we'd be waiting there that's well she's not here by 15 minutes we all get to go never heard that substantiated everywhere anyone from teacher twitter please let me know on that yeah let us know because it's definitely not a it's not an actual rule but it felt no. like an unwritten rule that we all abided by 15 minutes i gave it a minute i was gone you just listen yeah minutes minute yet a minute sorry i'm I out on i had to hold out hope that we were going to get a video uh thrown uh. in that day we are going to get a substitute just rolling in the, t- the car you could hear, hear it coming down the hallway you could hear it yeah. from a mile away just like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i do i do hope that man i wonder what kids even watch on i, I don't even want to bring up school anymore because of the stuff we did from the av you know area as far as oh. i just want to know what they do oh. now when it's time to have a substitute teacher come in and show you you know remember the titans on some rolling card in do you even do the roll i don't know i feel really old right now yeah, uh, so let's go yeah. back to college yeah let's feel do even it. older even older yeah. um dad uh terrible news yesterday in the world of college football as we try and sort out the top teams in the sport right now the number one team in the land just got dealt a pretty big blow brock bowers the all-american tight end for georgia had tightrope surgery right. on his ankle. He had an injured high ankle sprain. This tightrope surgery in the past 
most notably, I think, for a lot of people was what Tua Tungavailoa exactly, had yeah. as one of the players at Alabama to try and speed up the recovery process. Georgia said now a full recovery is anticipated. He had injured that game a little bit against Kentucky when I had their game, but then injured it again last week. The exact timeline of the return is unclear. With the tightrope surgery, the general recovery timeline is four to six weeks. And so the thought process here with this dad is, I'm sure from Georgia's standpoint, hey, we want to get him ready for the absolute most necessary part of our season, which is the SEC championship and the college football playoff. And so we can try and go without him during a stretch that looks tougher now than it did at the beginning of the season for Georgia in the next four to six weeks. When you look, they've got Florida and then a ranked Missouri, ranked Ole Miss, and ranked Tennessee team to finish off the year before they get Georgia Tech on November 25th. So a little bit more daunting than maybe it looked like at the beginning of the season. But, Dad, you hope first and foremost for Brock Bowers, who's been a player you said Heisman Trophy worthy during this season, can get healthy enough to keep going with what's been a stellar career for him in college and will continue to be when he's a first-round draft pick this spring. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and, and I'm with you. They want him for the – since no, no matchup with any of the top, top teams – uh, to get him ready for that SEC title game because we haven't been talking much about Alabama, right? We've been talking about how they may be a little bit down, but here they are undefeated, right, on their side. Yeah. Oh, and, and, the, and the SEC West, it did. They look like they are on a crash they do. for the ugliest trip to Atlanta humanly possible. And, and I'll say, listen, because we've questioned Georgia and the way they've been playing, but boy, the game you did against Kentucky, they opened up a can yes. in that game. If Georgia plays like that, Alabama's not beating them. I don't. Georgia will still. If Georgia plays like that, I don't know who's beating. The the only two teams you could think of is Michigan, but we're waiting for them to beat a top opponent because their schedule is easy. And a team that I put in the Final Four, Washington. Yeah, I mean this Washington team, man, they are something to watch, especially on the offside of offensive side of the ball. Michael Penix Jr. is having himself a year. He's having an incredible year. I I think that's going to be the big conversation coming off this weekend. Now. You look at the latest round of AP rankings. They moved up to fifth at this point here. And I think in terms of the conversation we're having right now, Dad, I don't have a huge issue with that. Georgia's at number one still. Michigan at number two still. And then you've got Ohio State, Florida State, and Washington all doing this. And it makes sense. All those teams ahead of them are undefeated right now. For Florida State, you've got the wins against LSU and against Clemson so far this season to point to for Ohio State. You beat Notre Dame on the road, who now Notre Dame moved back up to 15 in the right, latest right. poll, versus Washington, who got this great win at home. Oregon only drops down to number nine, and rightly so, because I, I think the Pac-12, and I said this going into that game, and I firmly believe it coming out, those are the two best teams in the Pac-12. I think those two teams we're going to see play again in the Pac-12 championship. I agree. And I think the winner of that duo is going to find their way into the college football playoff based on the way things have gone. I agree because Oregon is still sitting at nine with one loss. They're going to move up. Michigan, Ohio State loser is going to fall as they sit there in two and three right now. It'll be interesting with Oklahoma. Yeah. What happens with them? Do they get another matchup with Texas in the Big 12 championship game? Texas is sitting. Oklahoma's at six and Texas is at eight. So, You're going to have to, unless you think one of these teams or a few of these teams are going undefeated, then they're easily going to be in. But if you start to get those one losses, whose one loss is going to be the best to get into that final four? Because you think about that, I got to believe a Big Ten's going to have an undefeated. Uh, Georgia, I think, is probably going to be undefeated. And then the other two slots will be undefeated or we're going to be figuring out who the one-loss teams belong in there. It's so interesting this year 
we say there's going to be an undefeated, but all of them seem like there's a potentially easily stumbling block there. And you mentioned the Big 12, I think is a similar situation to the Pac-12, yes. where you look at the way the two marquee games in those conferences have worked out so far. Texas and Oklahoma playing at Red River. Texas obviously had the huge out-of-conference right. win against Alabama early in the season. But if we're talking about getting out of your conference, the Big 12, I think a little bit down overall this year. And I agree with quality that. Depth. Yes, yes. So people look, the perception of the Pac-12 is much better this year than it's been in recent memory. That's a conference that I think looked at, and their conference slate is going to garner respect as we get ready for the human committee to start to insert themselves in this conversation. And you look at how those two games played out, Dad. People look at that Texas-Oklahoma game. ton of turnovers for Texas in that game. Oklahoma coming down to the wire finds a way to win, but a lot of people look and wonder, hey, if Texas doesn't spot them 14 points pretty early on in that game, is it a different ball game? Texas didn't look incapable of beating Oklahoma. Same with Oregon this right. weekend so, against Washington, who looked like they were going to run away with this thing in the second half before a couple of critical errors in certain moments and some struggles on fourth down and big plays by Washington get them the win, where if they were a rematch, you would say, all right, some people might even favor Oregon you, in that rematch. You could easily see both teams that lost in those games you're talking about would not shock you if they won, right? Not, not, a, not, not no, one bit. Not for a So second. we could see a, a changing of the guard as far as that concerned where we are. But we are getting to that nitty-gritty time where we're going to get the human element involved of the 13 uh, people on the committee. Again, I'll say it, of which I want to be one day when I'm not in Shoot the shot anymore. Man. I'm definitely going to. I, I would because I love watching film and I'd watch a lot of it for that. Uh, but that's down the road. So it will get interesting. But I love the fact that really in the Big Ten, Michigan 2, Ohio State 3, Penn State 7, and they still have a little round robin to go starting this week with Penn State going to Ohio State. If it ended today and you asked me to pick the final four, I think I might err on the side with you, Dad, because of the combination of things. We mentioned Florida State's got a couple more resume points that might bolster it in a way Washington doesn't have so far. But in terms of the eye test in terms of all of those things that pop in, we'd start need to start looking. We're going to get acquainted with some of the usual metrics, strength of resume, all these things that the committee looks at that are big judgment pieces for this. But if you ask me, hey, to eyeball what I thought were the best four teams in the country right now, it would probably be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Washington based on what we've seen. So, But, but give me a four that's feasible because Ohio State, Michigan, someone's getting dumped. Sure. Right. So someone's going to be out. Oklahoma can I'm, still win out. I'm, Washington I'm, can still I'm win out. I'm saying right now. I'm like my prediction from before the season might still be able to hold. Okay, I got you. I, I'm with you. I'd say right now that's where we okay. saw it. Because I'm with you. I'm dumping Florida State out of there, and I would put Washington. It's in that really going to be that trio of Florida State, Washington, and Oklahoma that I think for a lot of people right now are that fourth that people were trying to figure out how to sort at Gojo and Golik on Twitter. Ohio State, Florida State, or Washington. If it ended today, who are you putting in the college football playoff? We will try and get to that as we go forward here. But coming up next, we talked about injuries in college football. A massive injury that puts one organization's future up in the air big time in the NFL. Next. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. I'm Jesse Cofield. So Anthony Richardson's season is likely over. That is according to Jim Ursay, who provided an update uh, to ESPN on Monday. So he Richardson sustained an AC joint sprain in his right shoulder, his throwing shoulder, during the second quarter of that Week Five win over the Titans. Colts have spent you know the week plus since that injury. Obtaining numerous medical opinions on how to proceed. Ursay said evaluations are pointing in one particular direction. So as you can see here, he said 
Most likely going to be gone for the year. I mean, it's not definite, but he probably misses this year, and we're going to have to contend with that factor. There's debate going, but it's probably going to lead towards surgery in the next week or so. Fellas, a lot of information when nothing is confirmed here. Yeah, and ultimately the decision is going to be Anthony right. Richardson's of whether or not he has surgery, which is sort of the outlier uh, that Jim Mersey was hinting at there, that him and his team are going to have to make that decision. But, Dad, if this is the case, and we've seen Anthony Richardson dealt with the concussion yep. before this and now dealing with this, if he is lost for the season, what a massive blow, not just for the Colts this season, but going forward. Anthony Richardson had flashed moments of it real is. brilliance. The things that we had seen on tape at Florida – cleaner and more prepared than most people thought he was going to be yes he was coming yes. into the league but i think a lot of people looked and saw oh this was a player that was further along than let's say a trey lance who was coming in who is another player not a ton of college starting experience but a ton of high upside coming into the nfl i think anthony richardson came in already ahead of that but he still needed live game yes. reps to try and continue the development path that he was on and losing out on that in year one and potentially losing out on time in the offseason that you've now got to focus on with rehab, a massive blow to the development of the guy that looked like he was going to be a star for this team. I agree uh, that he was definitely further along than we all thought with the lack of starting he had in college compared to others. So you have that to contend with that he's not getting those reps and the way he plays the game. Right, He bounced his head off the turf and got a concussion. Now he's going to probably get shoulder surgery. I'll get to that in a second. So that's going to be a continue going forward is this guy, you want him to run. And I don't I don't want to hear anybody start to say, well, you got to stop him from running, make him, make him more of a passer, not a runner. Not going to happen. These guys that come in and are athletic enough to run the ball and pass the ball, that's why you drafted them. It's, this isn't the old days, the old days, where no matter what a quarterback did in college, you brought him into the NFL and you said, we're playing the NFL style now. Forget what you did in college. We're now using their college abilities and transferring it to the pros. Now, if you don't want to run as much as times, at times, I get it. Yeah. But that has to be part of Anthony Richardson's game, Josh Allen's game, uh, Lamar Jackson's game. All these games where people are saying, do it less, throw more, it's still got to be part of the game. Now you get to the injury, and here's the question. Last thing you want to do is cut into a body, right? That I mean, that's sure. always the last resort. But the downside of that, if it eventually leads that way, and we see this a lot of times when a season ends, is we used to have like a line in Philly of getting minor procedures. We would call it our oil changes. We'd line up uh -huh. in January and get scoped or wherever, and then you start to start to rehab. But for more major injuries, what happens is it's recovery, rehab versus right away surgery. So right away surgery starts you in the rehab mode and yeah. can get you ready quicker. The worst scenario is we're going to rehab this for six weeks, yeah. two months. You do it, and then you still need surgery. Now you're behind the eight ball. And for a guy like Anthony Richardson, if he gets the surgery now, I mean, by the offseason, he could be fine and ready to be involved and get that offseason of not rehabbing, but of actually, you know, looking to take that next step forward. Certainly by camp, sure. if he got the surgery now, that he would be ready to go and that that part of his growth wouldn't be stunted. That's always the issue. Surgery now, start your rehab, get back, get ready to go, or, hey, we think this can heal on its own, but we're taking a chance, and two months from now, 
we may be right back in this uh, position where we have to have surgery. Then you then you've cost yourself a couple of months. And, and at a critical juncture, like people always hear that year one to year two yep. jump for yep. young quarterbacks, but the reason behind that is because of the schedule for these rookies going into their rookie season, you got a guy like Anthony Richardson and all these young players, when they finish college, they go immediately into either senior bowl prep or combine prep. Right. And they go from combine prep to the combine itself. Then they've got their pro day and all the meetings throughout the spring. By this point, you've gotten to like March and April and you've done very little actual footballing right. and yep. skill development. You've been doing job preparation. You've been doing really job interview preparation this entire time for this process. And then all of a sudden you go to the draft and you're thrown into rookie minicamp and OTAs and every team will tell you every veteran will tell you when you show up there you're playing catch up the vets have already been there for a few weeks you're behind the eight ball and everything that you're learning and then you're asked to go into the season for Anthony Richardson and the young guys they're going to do everything they can to meet you halfway and onboard you quickly because they want to get you on the field and they want to use your talents but dad that first offseason work you get done and you get to take a breath And then you get to look back and say, all right, what are the things that I need to work on and go and attack those? That's why the jump comes, because now all of a sudden these guys have the time to actually learn how to be a pro instead of learning how to be someone interviewing to be a pro all spring. You got That's why they talk about the rookie wall, because that schedule we just described there is what eventually wears these guys down after what's been a really long year going back to January. So it'll be interesting what his people, because ultimately it's going to be up to him, yeah. right? And normally players will listen to a, the doctor even if, whether it's a team doctor or you get a second or a third opinion, which you're allowed to go do in the NFL and you listen to the doctor or, or, or you hear the options and then you decide. I, I would have a feeling he would decide to have the surgery and get it done and start if the that rehab now. You, you would try and have I, the surgery I, now, now get it out of the now way. Now, listen, I'm a guy who's had 12 surgeries, and I was one of those, get it done and sure. let me start rehabbing. You know, I, I was never in this position, right, of being a top pick and everything is built around you. My whole thought process was get back on the field as quickly as I possibly can. Get get out of the rehab room as quickly as I possibly can. Even if it's the offseason, don't have to go in every day and go in the tub. Question, right? or though. go in the rehab room yeah. and get worked on before I start working out. I wanted to get back. So that was always my train of thought. Question for you guys, though. So that week five injury – it was his third and four starts. So he's obviously like a physical player. Is there a little bit of an evaluation of that after after the season? Or are they telling him maybe you gotta adjust your playing style a little bit? Well I mean I mean that that's what I had said earlier, Jesse. I don't think you can. Well, I mean now I, you don't want him running 20 times a game because I remember when Lamar first got in the league, he was running like 15, 17 times a game. Not all designed, but he would take off and run. Sure. Because a lot of times, especially when you get in the league, Jesse, and you have a quarterback that can throw and can run, the league is different. The windows are smaller. Everything moves faster. So a quarterback will trust his legs more than his arm because it's all new. It's tougher throws where now you say, you know what? I'm going to run because I trust my legs more than my arm at this point. Sure, but a lot of this with him and some of the hits that we saw him take that were injury were designed runs that we know were a part of Shane Steichen's offense and were part of the appeal of the union for both of these. And so, Dad, to Jesse's point, I do wonder if you look and adjust, hey, the volume of rushing attempts in the designed portion of the offense that we're going to put on him. You're always going to have it as a piece of that because it's the best version of the player. But as you go about trying to figure out this, because – I'm sure for the Colts in the back of their mind, there's a little bit of Andrew Luck lurking there where it's, hey, 
we've seen the effect of all of yeah, these blows yeah. and all of these hits. Very different player, very different circumstances it came up with, but you had a player that was on a Hall of Fame trajectory most recently retire early because of all the injuries sustained as a player. You're new in the life cycle of your franchise quarterback here. I'm sure you do want to maximize some of, I don't want to say take away all of this right, right, right. on this, but you've got to try and I think evaluate your balance of that in the offense. Let's also forward. remember you can learn to run better. Sure, he can take right? care of himself better, the Russell Wilson because, style of it. Because let's, let's go to Lamar Jackson. When Lamar Jackson got hurt, where did he get hurt? got hurt in the pocket. pocket yeah. He did not get hurt running. So, I mean, you can still get away with the running, and you're going to have to with quarterbacks like that, but you can run smarter. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, Anthony Richardson, a guy who, because of his stature, oh my gosh. we saw him finishing a few more runs. Yeah. We saw him in some places down by the goal line where we all kind of recoiled a yep. little bit saying – you got to understand this is the long game. That's the way a young player would approach that, where you don't have to think about your body yet. You're not used to no, having to worry exactly about right. consequences. Yeah, trying to run, run people over. If you're Anthony Richardson, I'd imagine life's been pretty fun running people over for a long time. He's bigger than the DB. He's going to drop a shoulder on him. That is a terrifying, terrifying lad. All right, coming up next, let's take a look at those Detroit Lions and find out how lovable they look to the rest of the nation next on Gojo and Golan. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.